Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. We can't not talk about Andreas Vesalius. He was a 16th century Flemish anatomist whose work revolutionized the study of the human body. And he was able to do so because he was also a body snatcher who used his hands-on observations to publish groundbreaking, forward-thinking works about how our bodies function. And in doing so, this body snatcher became the father of modern anatomy. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. First, a little administrative detail to note. Andreas Vesalius is actually the anglicized form of the Dutch name Andries van Wiesel. It was a common practice among European scholars during the 16th century to anglicize their names, and you might see his name with many other spellings and pronunciations. We have encountered six other versions during research, and we are confident we did not find them all. We're going to refer to him by his commonly used name, Andreas Vesalius, and With that out of the way, 
Andreas was born, as we said, Andres von Wiesel, on December 31, 1514, to Anders von Wiesel and Isabel Crabbe in Brussels, which at that point was part of the Habsburg Netherlands. Andreas had two brothers and a sister. And when he was 30, after finishing medical school, he married a woman named Anne van Ham, the daughter of a wealthy counselor of Brussels. The couple welcomed a daughter, also named Anne, in 1545. The von Wiesel family was full of physicians and pharmacists. Vesalius's great-grandfather, Jan, taught medicine at the University of Leuven. His grandfather, Everard, was the royal physician of Emperor Maximilian. His father, too, was a healer and served as apothecary to Maximilian and later valet de chambre to successor Charles V. Andreas's family encouraged him to follow in the family tradition, and he did, and with great success. The 16th century has often been called the century of anatomy, kind of perfectly nicknamed for Andreas's time. During his primary years, he attended the Brethren of the Common Life in Brussels. At the age of 15, he enrolled in the University of Louvain, which we know today as the Old University. Attending from 1529 till 1533, Andreas studied, at least initially, the arts, including rhetoric, philosophy, and logic in Latin, Classical Greek, and Hebrew at the Collegium Trilingue. Andreas became interested in anatomy and surgery and showed skill in those areas. He soon acted as the de facto anatomy instructor on an informal basis, demonstrating anatomical dissections to his fellow students. After receiving his bachelor's degree in medicine in 1533, he continued his studies at the prestigious medical school at the University of Paris. While in Paris, Andreas studied under famous physicians and anatomists, including French anatomist Jacobus Silvius, and Johann Günther von Andernach, an osteologist and mycologist. Said Johann of his pupil, quote, Vesalius is a young man of great promise, possessing an extraordinary knowledge of medicine, proficient in Latin and Greek, and very skilled in dissection of bodies. It was in Paris where Andreas was first given the opportunity to dissect a human cadaver. It's probably actually safe to say cadavers, plural, in this instance. During this time, he devoted much of his study to human bones and the skeletal system. In fact, in his own words, he has said the following about body snatching for his education, quote, The Cemetery of the Innocents in Paris was where I began my study of bones, in company with Matthias Terminus. There we found a rich supply of bones, which we examined over a long period until we were able to make a bet with our fellow students that, blindfolded, we could identify by touch alone any bone which they pulled from the piles over a half an hour period and handed to us. We were forced to these links because, though eager to learn, we had no teachers to assist us in this aspect of medicine. Andreas left Paris, though, before he graduated, but not because of any academic failing. While he was studying at the university, the Italian War, which spanned 1536 to 1538, broke out. This was a conflict between King Francis I of France and Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor and King of Spain, and a lot of it was fought in France. Andreas returned to the University of Leuven and in early 1537 transferred to the University of Padua in what was then the Republic of Venice. At the time Andreas enrolled, the university was known to have a progressive medical program with a strong emphasis on anatomical dissection. It was a famous center of medical education during the Renaissance. 
It's said at one time the Anatomy College brought in a troupe of musicians to play throughout a dissection to set the right kind of sober scene. At Padua, he performed several human anatomical dissections and analyzed at least two skeletons in the span of just one year. Andreas received his Doctor of Medicine degree with highest distinction in December of 1537. And just one day after his graduation, the Senate of Venice nominated Vesalius as Professor of Surgery at the University of Padua. He accepted the position and was responsible for lecturing in surgical topics, as well as giving anatomical demonstrations. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor now, and when we return, we'll share Andreas's advice to would-be body snatchers. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, -day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older <laughs> in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their brilliant eye brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie. And it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash Criminalia for 10% off your first order. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. 
Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to Criminalia. Andreas Vesalius wasn't shy about criticizing his teachers for studying the carcasses of cats, dogs, and pigs rather than humans. Let's talk about how a little body snatching could go a long way when you study anatomy. Vesalius was one of the first physicians to accurately record and illustrate human anatomy based on his own findings from autopsies and dissections. His work directly led to improved understanding of the human body as well as enhanced surgical techniques. We've spoken throughout this entire season about surgeons and physicians interested in human anatomy who employed grave robbers so they could get their jobs done. Some engaged in body snatching themselves. Vesalius was the latter. He felt strongly that book learning alone could not be enough and that verifiable evidence should take precedence over written text. There's a story that says he snatched a body while he was a student in Paris just so he could have a skeleton for reference in his work. Before Vesalius came on the scene, an anatomical lecture and dissection kind of looked like this. A professor sat in a chair, teaching from a textbook. Concurrently, a surgeon would perform the dissection, and students sat around and observed. There was no divergence from the text. Vesalius, on the other hand, accomplished his work by not reading about bodies, but by snatching bodies from local graves and directly studying them. He often led his own students to the graveyard, imparting his grave-robbing knowledge along the way. It was smart, he told them, to keep an eye on any terminal patients in public hospitals. He taught and encouraged his students how to acquire a set of duplicate keys for local graveyards to break into tombs. He also advised them to watch the gibbets for corpses. Hanging the body of an executed criminal in chains was known as gibbeting. He successfully negotiated with judges and authorities to make long life sentences into death sentences instead. And once the prisoner was executed, their body would end up on his dissection table. He would never, though, have considered himself to be like the resurrection men that we have talked about in other episodes this season. 
Andreas just needed the tools for his job, and that is how he saw things. This was how things went, though, if you were among the Renaissance-era anatomists. Historical accounts tell a lot of narratives, actually, that sound something like this. After the death of a local peasant, local scholars rushed the scene, all hoping to illegally snatch the fresh corpse. Despite the illegality of the body snatching and the dissection, crowds packed lecture theaters when public dissections were held. In 1538, one year into his professorship, Andreas published the Tabulae Anatomicae Sex, or Six Anatomical Tables, which were six sheets created by the Flemish artist Jan van Kalkar, an apprentice of Renaissance painter Titian, but based largely on Vesalius's own drawings. Tiziano Vecellio, known in English as Titian, was an Italian painter during the Renaissance and is considered to be the most important member of the 16th century Venetian school. Six anatomical tables was Vesalius's attempt to outline the long history of human dissection starting from the 3rd century BCE. It can feel somewhat overwhelming to think about the impact Andreas's work had on medicine. By the end of 1538, he had assembled a collection of anatomical information large and detailed enough on which he could, and did, base illustrations on the human body's parts and organs, really all systems from head to toe. He drew detailed composite illustrations of the human body's anatomical structures, including the skeletal system, circulatory system, organ systems, muscular systems, nervous system, and reproductive system. Based upon his observations and dissections that he performed himself within the first year of his professorship, Vesalius wrote and illustrated the first comprehensive textbook of anatomy called De Humani Corporis Fabrica Libra Septum, or The Seven Books on the Structure of the Human Body. It is commonly known as the Fabrica. Historians estimate that he must have had at least 13 cadavers to work with before 1543, which is when the book was published. These bodies would have come from cemeteries in the city, places of execution, and sometimes from hospitals. In 1542, Vesalius traveled from Padua to Venice, and while it's not exactly clear what his journey entailed, we do know that he met with Jan von Kalkar. It's very likely he was the artist who transferred at least some of Vesalius's illustrations into woodblock prints. Woodblock printing, just to kind of sum this up because it's an interesting process, is an old form of printmaking. These prints are created by carving the surface of a wooden block. It's a form of relief printing based on the idea that the parts that aren't to be printed are the parts that get cut out. So anything that will be printed would be on level with the surface of the block. Andreas sent the woodblocks of his drawings to printer Johannes Opornus in Basel, Switzerland, who could mass reproduce the images and the resulting manuscript was published in 1543. And, as we've said, that work was a game-changer in anatomy and surgery. The Fabrica included fully illustrated anatomy of male and female bodies, both full bodies and body parts. There were more than 270 detailed illustrations included in the work. It included detailed diagrams of uteruses, some drawn with intact fetuses, This was huge. Yes, this book was huge in length, but also nothing like this existed, and it was considered quite radical. Before the 16th century, most medical texts were mostly devoid of illustrations, the very opposite of Andreas's book. 
Says Lila Vercurdi, head of special collections at the Smithsonian Libraries, the Fabrica was, quote, an immense achievement. This almost 700 pages long, huge folio volume is one of the heralds of the scientific revolution. Of course, Andreas isn't the first to study, teach, and publish about anatomy. But as Arnaldo Benini, emeritus professor of neurosurgery and neurology at the University of Zurich, as well as former head of neurosurgery at the Schultes Foundation in Zurich, says the Fabrica was the first anatomical book based on first-hand dissections of human cadavers. And he's right. It absolutely was. But there's another really important guy among anatomists that we need to talk about. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And when we're back, we will talk a lot about Galen and how Andreas disproved many of his long-standing anatomical truths. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. 
The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Welcome back to Criminalia. Before we wrap up this episode, someone will call Andreas Vesalius an insolent and ignorant slanderer. But who? Claudius Galenus, known simply as Galen, was a renowned physician and philosopher in ancient Greece. Along with Hippocrates, you could safely say he's the most influential physician and most important medical scholar of classical antiquity. When Vesalius received his medical education, it would have been dominated by the works of Galen, works that had been published 1,300 years earlier. Galen's writings and teachings were still de rigueur more than a thousand years after his death, and they were considered authoritative texts in medical education in Vesalius's time. Here's one of the biggest differences between Galen and Vesalius. Almost all of Galen's anatomical observations came from animal dissections, primarily apes and other primates, but never from humans. Dissecting a human corpse was taboo under Roman religion during Galen's time of study. And to be honest, of course, it wasn't legal during Andreas's time either. But during the 16th century, many people believed in the resurrection of the body after death, so interfering with the dead body by dissecting it was really, really problematic. But it still happened, and it certainly did not stop Andreas from visiting the graveyard on the regular. Galen's understanding of medicine, including anatomy, was influenced by the then-popular theory that there were four humors, blood, yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm. Humoral theory was a system of medicine. It detailed a theorized working of the human body, and it was adopted by ancient Greek and Roman physicians and philosophers, and it was adopted for a really, really long time, too. Galen authored his groundbreaking work called On the Nature of Man in the Hippocratic Corpus, based on this theory. The most famous work, though, in the Hippocratic Corpus is, of course, the Hippocratic Oath, the famous oath of ethics taken by physicians still today. Galen's works on dissection were problematic for Vesalius. Galen worked from anatomical reports that were based, at least mainly, on the dissection of Barbary apes. He later, upon discovering that the apes had human-like facial expressions, switched to other mammals, usually pigs. Galen believed personal experiences and observation were the best way to gain anatomical knowledge, but because dissection and vivisection on human bodies were strictly prohibited at the time in the Holy Roman Empire, he could only encourage his students to seek out corpses not for dissection. For example, he would suggest that they look at dead gladiators or bodies that washed ashore in order to get better acquainted with the human body. Vesalius wrote of Galen, quote, Indeed, those who are now dedicated to the ancient study of medicine are beginning to learn to their satisfaction how little and how feebly men have labored in the field of anatomy to this day from the times of Galen, who did not dissect the human body. And the fact is now evident that he described, not to say imposed upon us, 
The fabric of the ape's body, although the latter differs from the former in many respects. On the Nature of Man and Galen's anatomical work remained uncontested until Vesalius's Fabrica was printed. Andreas had no reason to question the theories of Galen. Those theories were in place, as we've said, for more than a thousand years. Though Vesalius praised Galen throughout his work, he also corrected him, and that had never been done before. The act was viewed by many scholars as an attack on the accepted Galenic doctrine. Andreas received heavy criticism from many who were respected in the medical community, including his former teacher, Jacobus Silvius, who called him, quote, the insolent and ignorant slanderer who treacherously attacked his teachers with violent mendacity and time and time again distorted the truth of nature. Here's a look at some of the inaccurate ideas that his observation-based works disprove. He disproved Galen's assertion that men have more teeth than women. He disproved the two-horned uterus, the five-lobed liver, the seven-segmented sternum, the double bile duct. And he proved there is no bone at the base of the heart. There's more, and we encourage you to look it up if you're interested, actually. Some of our historical anatomical beliefs are really quite a trip over the years. According to Dr. William Richardson, classicist at the University of Auckland, some people in the medical field condemned Vesalius's Fabrica for his audacity in questioning and criticizing Galen, but there were others who did praise it. Before we move on, one thing about Richardson. Richardson is an interesting guy when it comes to Vesalius. In 1989, he began the enormous project of undertaking the first English translation of the seven-book collection of On the Fabric of the Human Body. In 2009, the project he and anatomy professor John Carmen began was complete. 20 years later. Two weeks after publishing The Fabrica, Vesalius published again. His work, De Humani Corporis Fabrica Librorum Epitome, or Abridgment of the Structure of the Human Body, consisted of 11 woodblock prints that included illustrations of the skeleton, muscles, nerves, veins, and arteries. The epitome differed from the fabrica, though, in that, for instance, the muscles were drawn in their natural resting position and in layers, showing the way from superficial to deep which was a view helpful to surgeons when operating and treating wounds. Following the release of the epitome, when you think he may have been at the top of his game here, Vesalius resigned from his professorship at Padua and subsequently, and perhaps hastily, burned his entire collection of notes and sketches. Some historians believe this was in reaction to the negative reception, or his perceived negative reception, of the fabrica. Upon leaving Padua, Vesalius moved to Madrid, where he became court physician of Charles V, Holy Roman Emperor and King of Spain. With this, Andreas became the fifth generation of the Vesalius family to be in imperial service. When Charles abdicated the throne, he granted Andreas a lifelong pension and gave him the title of Count Palatine for his loyal service. Vesalius then held the same role of physician for Charles's son, King Philip II of Spain. Although Vesalius was increasingly called to act as a physician and surgeon, he did not abandon his former work for the royals and continued to edit and refine his writings and drawings. He did not teach or body snatch in Spain, at least not that we know of. 
It was during his time in Spain when Andreas wrote what would be his final work, a critique of the anatomical observations of his contemporary, Gabriela Fallopio. Spain forbade dissection of human cadavers, and according to medical historian James Ball, it's doubtful that Vesalius could have even, quote, touched a dried skull. But he continued to work on his editions and corrections of the Fabrica while in Spain, of which a second version was published in 1555. The revised edition is considered itself a major contribution rather than just an update of the earlier version. In 1564, Vesalius left Spain with his family. While his wife and daughter returned to Brussels, he undertook a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. The reasons for this journey have never been completely explained, but it's his return that we're concerned with right now. His ship was caught in a storm and washed ashore on the Greek island of Zakynthos. Vesalius did not recover and died at age 49 in October of 1564. So I guess that means he wasn't dissected on a dissection table, unlikely so probably. But shall we give a toast to the man who's considered the founder of modern anatomy? Yes, although the name he might find insulting. But it's really just because I enjoy the wordplay of it. He might have too, we don't know. (laughs) I don't think he would. Maybe he would. In thinking about this one, this is a choose-your-own-adventure situation. Always love those. Um, Always love them. (laughs) And it will surprise you, I think, because what I started to think about was Vesalius's Flemish origin. And thus, Belgium. And thus, beer? Holly goes down the beer path? What is this? I'm not a beer drinker. I don't don't love beer. However, a few things. One (laughs) thing that I have noticed recently is that more and more there's like this resurgence or maybe first Mm -hmm. wave of popularity of beer cocktails. I don't know if you have encountered them, but I keep seeing them popping up on menus places. I've been seeing them pop up as well. Yeah, I haven't. I can't say I have any experience, but I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so I thought, I may not be a beer drinker, but I thought a couple of things. One, how could I make beer more palatable to myself? And two, Mm -hmm. maybe beer drinkers would like a cocktail as well. Then I got, of course, to thinking about beer cocktails. And this is not really a new thing. They've been made in Europe for literal Mm -hmm, hundreds of mm -hmm. years. And there's the basic beer cocktail, although what it consists of, you may find disagreement on, is called a shandy. Oh, I know the shandy. And it's equal parts beer and something else, because there's something else people argue about. But (laughs) often you'll see it going back to the older versions of either equal parts beer and ginger ale or ginger beer. And so I thought, let's try a little shandy experiment, which I'm going to call Galen's Gulp. Galen. Oh, I see where see? you're going here. That's why. I don't think he'd love it. He's like, how much of this could I take apart? And but I like correct? the alliteration. <laughs> it's going to start. You're going to do equal parts of a pale ale. Get a good one. And I went with ginger beer. And then here's the choose your own adventure part. I will tell you, again, I know, and I do not mean any shade to any of the beer drinkers in the crowd. All beer tastes the same to me, and it is not a good taste. I don't think everyone likes beer, so I think we can be on, you know, 
I think we can be on your side. No, but I know there are people that yeah. like really love beer and they can pick out all of the flavors and the notes of a beer the way that someone would do with wine or that I feel like I can do with vodka. Uh, but <laughs> I was going to say, you have, you, but you do have an alcohol that is like that for you. People will do that also with coffees and whatnot. Like of course, everybody, yes. I do not have a palate that can pluck those notes out for mm -hmm. beer. So it all tastes the same to me. So I don't love a basic shandy that is a one-in-one, -one. but then there are experiments. <laughs> and this is where it becomes a choose-your-own-adventure. In thinking about what we talked about last week, where I was like, oh, you know what might be fun is to throw a little mango in there. I brought that over this week, and I used three ounces of pale ale, three ounces of ginger beer, and about three quarters of an ounce, I splashed it in, of mango syrup. And that got real interesting. <laughs> and it's quite nice. I also did one with a rose syrup, of course, because I'm predictable. I did one with grenadine, which is very yummy, actually. I was going to say, actually, I was imagining that before I asked the question of how, how was that? It pulled out all of the fruity flavors yeah. of the beer, which was quite nice. And then I also did one with a habanero syrup. I just made little like half-size versions of them. I wasn't drinking four drinks. Although since it's diluted, it's not a heavy ABV situation. But I also just couldn't drink that much beer, even if I wanted to. That's the choose-your-own-adventure aspect, is that I think you can play with whatever syrup or even a liqueur. Now, I'm going to say I haven't played with liqueurs, so I don't know what would work and what wouldn't. I'm confident an elderberry liqueur would be great. Whenever I bring, which is infrequently, but whenever I bring up one of these, I'm always like, but I've got this elderflower and Lord's want to use it in things. And this is where I try it. Yeah, elderflower liqueur in this would be great. So for a non-alcoholic version, you can obviously do a non-alcoholic beer if you wish. However, if you want to just sidestep that completely, you could also do... I would do like a lemonade and a ginger beer. It's not going to be the same profile, but they're two things that go nicely together and welcome other flavors to the party. So just like a three ounce, three ounce, and then three quarters of an ounce of your additive. So you can feel a little bit like a scientist and an experimenter, but also <laughs> you can cater it to your own tastes. You could be like, oh, you were doing just the beer and the ginger or ginger beer. That's very rudimentary. I, like Vesalius... <laughs> have done much more detailed investigation and creation and... You've been through the graveyard. <laughs> yeah. That is Galen's gulp. I actually really love the lemonade and ginger beer version because that's another one that's great. Again, I always say low sugar, but I really prefer lower sugar stuff, especially in our current heat wave that's happening in Georgia. <laughs> I don't want the heaviness <laughs> of sugar. And it's very quite refreshing. So I have a pitcher of those now sitting in my fridge, the non-alcoholic version. Delicious. So yes, if you try this, Shandy, if you, like me, are just trying to experiment and do new things, here is a way to play with beer in your cocktails. And then if you're me, who knows you're never going to drink the amount of beer you had to purchase to get the <laughs> one that you wanted, you invite your friends over and you give them your leftover beer and they love you. So Have easy. So easy. I literally texted one of my best friends and she's like, ooh, I'm so excited. You picked a thing you don't like. I'll take care of that for you. Like, oh <laughs> yes, or I'll have people over and we'll have shandies on the deck and it'll be fun. I hope that you are having fun, whatever it is you are up to. And I hope that you have had fun with us today. We are very grateful for your ears and your time. And we will be right back here next week with another episode of Criminalia.
Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.